And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry, and we're joined by some people's favorite guest and really my last option in a bad resort, (laughs) Rob Barkus, the Parsons High School Athletic Director, and more importantly this week, uh, the track and field coach at Parsons High School. Uh, On Friday, we had regionals, Rob, and I know you had quite a few kids make state. Some surprises in there as well, which was a good... uh, which is a good uh, omen for the Parsons Vikings heading up to state track. Rob, you know, it's a couple days uh, after regional track over there up in Payola. Uh, you've had, in the last few days, you've had regional track and graduation too. It's been a busy weekend for you. Take me through where you're at right now. Um, right now, just uh, more mentally tired probably than physically. You know, I had the track meet all day Friday and then uh, graduation yesterday with, with, uh, when your own child's graduating, you know, there's all that emotion go, that goes into it. Congratulations to Tanner, uh, by the way. You, thank you very much. And then uh, the crowd at graduation, that's the biggest crowd we've been around in uh, probably a year and a half. So mm-hmm. that was a little... Um, probably since the state basketball tournament, yeah, honestly. Yeah, that was a little... Uh, um, I wouldn't say I was anxious. It was just just not used to seeing that many people in, in an indoor place like we had yesterday. And so... Uh, amazing and still just a little bit um, just scary at the same time. You know, that's going to go back to the new normal, I think, is you're going to be in crowded spaces with people, and you're just going to have to get used to it. And right now, yeah, (laughs) right now it's just something you're not used to. So um, probably more mentally tired than physically tired uh, after the last couple days. You know, and you mentioned crowds, so we might as well get this out of the way early. I think, you know, the CDC came out with some new guidelines recently that if if you're vaccinated, you can basically live your life at this point. Uh, you know, it's funny. That's something Eric Swanson, you're one of the few people you actually answer to in this community. Because <laughs> Lord knows you, Rob Marcus does what he wants. No, uh, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, that was something Eric Swanson had said, like, during baseball season was, you know, he would stay socially distanced, you know, up one of the foul lines or whatever on the fence during baseball games. And we talked about masks. And he goes, well, I'm not going to wear one right now because I'm distanced away from everybody. And I feel comfortable because I got vaccinated. Go get your shot. And I, he's giving the same message the CDC is now. You know, you saw graduation. Obviously, there's a lot of parents there, a lot of uh, a lot of community members there. Uh, you know, the vaccine, just one of the vaccines, I believe it's Moderna or maybe it was, no, it was the Pfizer vaccine just got, uh, you know, approved for kids as low as 12. Uh, I, I know, so... I don't know much about what kind of vaccine operation there might be for school children in this community. What's kind of your message to the community about, you know, the, the value of the vaccine when it comes to school activities in general? And w- will there be any sort of operation to get kids at Parsons High School? And if they're as young as 12 Parsons Middle School uh, shot in the arm? Uh, yeah. Um, Lori Ray and our school board's already, we've already sent out the message that we're offering the shot. So, Anyone in Parsons Middle School or Parsons High School that wants to sign up uh, can can sign up and get the shot. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would um, like everyone to get the shot. Obviously, I'd like everyone to be vaccinated so we can go back to normal. Uh, but you saw how hard that was with just just wearing masks. I hope the vaccine doesn't turn into a more controversial issue than it it is. A uh, two and that's starting to turn into in some places, but you know most places outside. Uh, Kauffman Stadium, Stadium at the end of May. Uh, they're going to go full capacity. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is probably going to go full capacity at some point. I believe they're going to do it in the fall, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, I think it would just be safer for everyone if 
if most people were vaccinated, mm-hmm. but, but I'm not, I'm not a health expert. So I, that's just my preference. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's ironic to me that I think in America there are, there, there's a swath of the community that has some vaccine hesitancy and I understand it to a degree. And, and for the record, it spans all kind of walks of life. It's not just conservatives. It's not just Democrats. It's not just poor people. It's not just rich people. It's not just white people. It's not just black people. Every kind of group you can carve out, there's about the same percentage of people that are hesitant to get the vaccine. But then you see other countries, they're desperate to get shots in the arm, but they just, they're, they're not as developed. They're not a first world nation. And so, they're, I mean, they're begging us for help. That's my one soapbox thing. Let's move on to state track. Uh, you have a you have quite a few qualifiers. Uh, were there any you know take me through? Were there any region champions that you had over up there in Paola? Yes, we had uh, Jesse Jones in the triple jump. Mm-hmm. And jump uh, for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we had some. Let's. I'll just go ahead and read off the list of the people that qualified. Grayson Freeze qualified in the uh, hundred hurdles, three hundred hurdles in our four by one hundred team. Uh, Anai Hemman, second in the long jump, also on our 4 by one team. As a freshman. As a freshman. Kenzie Baldwin, second in the 1,600 meters. Ran a, P- ran a PR in that PR, mile. yes. Ran a very good race. Uh, Brianna Patterson on our 4 by one uh, Anna Ekoff, uh, third straight year at state, would have been four if we mm-hmm. could have ran last qualified year. Qualified every as, year she was able to. As long as great. Uh, same story with Grayson. She would have qualified every year she could have if we had ran last year. Uh Marion Ryan, high jump, triple jump. Uh, did Marion win the triple jump? No, no, Jesse he took did. second. Yeah, he took second in okay. the triple, uh, second in the high jump too, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ray, second in the long, uh, third in the long jump. Sorry, uh, kid jumped from Paola. His last jump passed him for a, by about a quarter of an inch for mm-hmm. for second. Uh, Caden Spall in the triple, fourth place, and Isaiah Tyson uh, shot put fourth place. Isaiah Tyson was a bit of a surprise. He hadn't yeah. been doing shot put all year, and I know uh, Coach Cato. Yeah, Coach been, Cato was really happy him. about that. He was really pushing him to get in there, and and he because he's been practicing, he just wasn't comfortable in the meet. But uh, Coach kept telling him in practice that he was throwing far enough to compete, and uh, finally talked him into it, and you know qualified for state. <clears throat> also, Caden Spall in the triple was was one of the ones that we weren't necessarily counting on uh, to qualify, but he did so. Total of ten overall, a good number to take. Oh yeah, Isaiah Tyson. He's you know certainly an interesting case. I you know I saw this a couple years ago where you have a kid. He you know you look at Isaiah and you think oh that's a big strong kid. You know with, with good height, he has a good body. You know he, he kind of has that build on him that you think he can actually do well in athletics. You know and then he has this late surge in the shot. But those are the type of kids that. If they're having that late surge, if they push that through Wichita, he may find himself on the medal stand if he just gets a little lucky because he's made rapid improvements quickly because you have all the pieces starting to come together. I saw that a couple years ago. The last time we had a state track meet, Mariah Monroy, um, a triple jump over at Cherryville High School, she ended up winning the state title even though she wasn't even seated to qualify for state in that event going into regionals. But the coach moved was just slowly moving her runway back, her run up back. And then by the time she was having a full 13-step lead-off or lead-up uh, in the triple jump, she you know, she qualified for regionals and then and then just had a really good day at state. I imagine Isaiah Tyson might, you know, we're not I'm not sitting here saying he's going to go win a state title in the in four A shot put, but at the same time, it seems like, you know, with a kid who's coming together that quickly, there might be some high hopes for him. Yeah, there might. He uh, Coach Cato said he would not be surprised if he ended up 
uh, pulling out a medal, which, you know, you say that when you finish fourth in regional, you think there's four of the regionals. There's that's you a big jump. The that's a big jump. But, um, you know, like, but coach has been telling me for weeks now, he's, he's been making the strides in practice, making the strides in practice. And, you know, then he qualified same with a uh, cadence ball. I think he jumped two feet farther in the triple than he ever had to, uh, to qualify. So, you know, this is a time of year where someone always steps up and surprises you and, mm-hmm. and might end up meddling or doing well, way better than they expected. How about Anaya Hinman as a freshman qualifying, not just as a member of a relay team, but also individually? What was it in the triple or the triple. long jump? In triple the triple jump. jump. Uh, that is, you know, she. there's a lot of hype around her right now. And, you know, I, I hate the comparison game, but I've heard the name. But you hear some people say, oh, she's the next Nina Taylor. I don't like doing that for two reasons. One, Anaya is her own person, and so is Nina. Nobody should have, they shouldn't have to live up to one another. But Anaya certainly has a lot of capability. We saw it in basketball. We saw it in volleyball. We really saw it in volleyball. She's going to be a really good volleyball player. Uh, you know, I've had multiple college volleyball coaches say they're keeping an eye on her to see what she, you know, through the years. When you have a, when, when you're talking about a girls program at Parsons High School, we've talked about this before that you, your focus is trying to get them back to a more competitive state across the board, particularly across those team sports. Anaya's got to be an important piece to that. How do you how do you manage that from an from an AD's perspective? And so, you're her coach too. I just uh, encourage her to uh, train her body well in the off season. Uh, rest when she can. You know she's going to go. She's going to have state track, and then she's not going to have too many days to uh, to rest before you know volleyball, basketball, summer weights are going to start. So uh, she's got to take care of her body. Uh, mm-hmm. Always stress to try to stress the the sleep portion that you can't get teenagers to buy into is sleep is so important. Um, There's so many studies out there that teenagers don't get enough sleep, and you know it's a it, it's a multifaceted thing. Obviously, teenagers the responsibilities on them to go to bed at a normal time. But at the same time, I wouldn't, I would hate waking up at 7am for school. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> My high school started at nine when I was in high school. And I maintained that was probably, I have no idea how critical that was to my overall well-being as a kid. I mean, because teenagers naturally want to stay up a little later. Well, I got to stay up till midnight without basically any, right. Still any repercussions. Eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she's also going to continue to, uh, She's going to put muscle on her frame right now. She's yeah. <laughs> she's just she's tall and she hasn't she hasn't uh, uh put on the muscle that she will okay. here in the next she probably the next year and a half. Her growth is probably going to be uh, phenomenal body type wise. Oh yeah, she 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 has the body and the athleticism. The body and the athleticism is there. Once she starts really putting on some muscle, oh my gosh, we're just we're it's bringing it to another tier. You know, I want to talk to you about uh about summer conditioning and summer and the summer workload that kids have, but we got to go to a break real quick. You might have to talk about that after we come back. Not a problem. Awesome. Thanks, Rob Barkus. Uh, more Rob Barkus. If you can stomach it um, <laughs> here on the war room, uh, when we come back, I'm your host, Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere here on KLKC radio. And we're back here on the war room here on KLKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry joined by Parsons, uh, lightning rod of controversy, Rob Barkus, uh, the athletic director and high school coach, over there at Parsons, Rob, you were talking about we were talking about Anaya Hinman and how you know a young talent with a lot of promise. You know how you how you mold that and how you build that over the years. You know she made two, she qualified for two 
uh, events at the state track and field meet at regionals at Payola as a freshman. And you, and you mentioned the fact that, you know, what she does in the summer is going to be very vital to her progression. I want to talk about the summer a little bit. And this is something I wrote about uh, about a year ago, uh, right as kind of the pandemic hit and everything was shut down. And I was thinking like, well, what do I write about now? Because <laughs> there's nothing going on. And so I ended up writing a story about how we were going to we were facing several months off and that's what we got we got several months with essentially no sports and to me it kind of dawned on me the reality that for some kids that was 3 months to recover the kids that are three sport athletes that genuinely do stuff in the summer all the time that to me there's no off season for some of these kids not all of them I don't even think it's a very pervasive, it's not a school-wide problem. The, the, the kids we're talking about are a select group. You probably have upwards of 20 to 30 in any given school. So, so it's not a lot. But for those, those 20 to 30 are generally your most important athletes. Uh, so it's an important group. It's just not a very big group. But be, that's besides the point. I, so I, the premise of the column slash article that I wrote, and I, you know, I talked to a few people about it, was that their bodies are going to finally heal. How many athletes have a, a, a nagging shoulder or hip or knee injury that just never goes away? Well, the three months they had to sit at home, th- it went away. They came back out of shape because they hadn't done anything for three months, but it went away. But that injury went away. And it kind of let, and, and I and I wrote that maybe this will lead to a cultural shift and how we think about the summer workload that kids face these days. You know, I always, I sit there and wonder sometimes, why do schools have camps for sports the week after state track? It, you're, you're an athletic director at a 4A school here in Parsons. What's kind of your feeling on that? Do you think kids are too overworked? Do you think there needs to be some sort of scaling back? And I understand the notion that, you know, if Parsons High School comes out and says, okay, we're gonna we're gonna scale back our weights. We're gonna scale back our summer programs so we can give kids more times off. You're gonna have people in this community say, "Well, the county's not doing that, so you're you're falling behind your arch rival." And that you know that that litmus test is always gonna be there. How do you kind of manage that? And what are your thoughts on that, Rob? Uh, we try to we we try to meet with all our coaches and try to come up with a schedule where, uh, you know, we're gonna obviously the kids are gonna get in the weight room and lift, and right now. Uh, in the summer, you can do your sport-specific stuff. Uh, we get together as coaches, and we come up with a schedule where, you know, they're they're not going to lift and then go do football and then later on go do basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have days where, yes, they're going to ex- be expected to, to do some sports-specific activities, but for the most part, we've tried to uh, keep those on days that... Uh, they don't lift. That they don't... Well, some of them are going to be on days they're going to lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's just no getting around that. Um you know, you like I said, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, not let my coaches move weights back. Uh, you know, a week or two if they wanted to, but mm-hmm. you know, right now that's not the consensus that we want to go with. So, uh, kids are going to show up. Kids want to do things too. I mean, uh, I agree with you to extent that some kids nagging injuries uh, weren't there when we started, but I found some of the. Uh, Injuries we had in football took maybe a little longer to heal because their bodies weren't in shape. So yeah. I think there was a flip side to uh, and that's a good point. to your whole argument. I mean, it, it's 
you're you have very sound argument there about you know no nagging little injuries but i think some of the injuries we did like a pulled hamstring that you may not have had if you'd have been doing things took a little longer to heal than than it normally would have Mm -hmm. And, and you're right there's there's a there's a spectrum there that i don't think it's totally unbalanced now but you know, the, the story of the nagging injuries, it came from, you know, I hate to mention the same girl twice in one show from another school, but Mariah Monroy. She was a really good basketball player, averaged a double-double, and then she was getting ready to go defend her state title in triple jump. And when everything got shut down, you know, I, I was very aware of the fact that, you know, the, the chair, it just happened to be that the Cherryville girls basketball team, which was pretty good that year, they had injuries to three or four starters down the back end of their season, and they only got, they got two of them back for substate. But for like two or three weeks of the year, she was the only girl almost worth a damn out there playing, and so and she basically never left the floor. So for thirty two minutes of basketball, she was out there unless she got in foul trouble, and she actually she played very well. I mean, she was giving you third, you know, twenty five and twenty, and by the time basketball season ended. You know, her coach is telling me she she's done. She's physically done. And so I interviewed her for that story I did, and she said, Well, I'm finally gonna I'm finally gonna heal. Even my doctors were saying I shouldn't have been playing towards the end of that season. And but you're right. There were just a lot of a lot of pulled hamstring type injuries, I guess you can say, that didn't heal as much. When it comes to the workload in the summer, and you talk about balancing it, you know, trying to avoid trying to avoid just piling on on a one day, making one day too strenuous. How much do you think? How much do you preach, or what is the philosophy of coaches to kids who say, "Hey, you know, I just want to. I'm not going to be there this week," or if they communicate, you know, "I just want a week off. I, I, my family's going on vacation. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." You know, is there is the culture there where you'll give the kid a little bit of slack and leash there if they just don't want to come that week because they just want the week off you know we talked about that in our meeting uh communication is the key as long as you call coach and you tell them you know for this reason or that reason uh, i'm not going to be there you know this week uh, probably not just to say you want a week off is going to work but Mm -hmm. uh of course we recognize family vacations we recognize uh in the pandemic a lot of kids went out and got jobs and they don't want to give those jobs up so we're going to have to be more flexible in our, if you want kids in a weight room, we're going to have offer more times to, you know, to open up the weight room so they can get in and get their lifts in. So, mm-hmm. uh, and kids will go, you know, they'll, you can push kids and they won't tell you when they're hurt. So, uh, coaches got to be really cognizant of, of their kids and, and really watch their kids and see if there's, and communicate with their kids and ask them how their body's feeling. Cause there's going to be some point in the summer where, uh, we, we're going to have a kid whose body's just going to be exhausted. He's going to, he or she is hopefully going to, their coach is going to notice that and yeah. give them a day or two off. What are some signs that you, I mean, you've been a coach. What are some signs that you can recognize that a kid is just physically drained and you know that, and you, that, and you realize that you got to get to that point of, Hey, you know, I got to tell this kid not to come in or, t- or take some time off. What do you, what do you look for physically in that? Uh, there's a lot of times, a lot of uh low energy. They're not, same amount of energy they usually have. Uh, you can also notice uh, between drills when they're at the end of the line, kind of you kind of keep an eye on them, and if they got a little limp or or they're doing some extra stretching or things like that, uh, 
coaches notice that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, we just keep an eye on kids like that. Uh, really stress hydration. I thought we got uh, really good at that with the with the pandemic because our water fountains were turned off inside <laughs> because we didn't want you know everybody had their own water bottle and we made sure everybody drank quite a bit of water. So mm-hmm. uh, I think coaches are are really cognizant of when their kids are tired. Not always, but most of the time. Mm-hmm. One thing too that I noticed during the summer, and this was something that every weight room that I I, I saw, I only saw three. I saw Oswego's, Lavette County's, and yours, uh, but. Oh, and I saw Cherry Bells, too. But um, one thing that I noticed with those weight programs during this past summer, this pandemic summer, was they were nobody was in there trying to pe- trying to max out their weights. You know, it was very light resistance. It was essentially just, you know, a lot of it was really reintroducing kids back to the weight room because they had been away for that long. I sit there and wonder, maybe is that the right approach? For every summer pandemic or no, because I, I'm not sure, you know, I understand that the desire that, you know, for a kid like Anaya Hammond going full circle here that you want to put on you, that, that's an opportunity for her to develop some muscle that will take her, her game and her capabilities uh, to the next level. But at the same time, you know, if, if I was a kid that, you know, was in, wanted to play football or volleyball or whatever. And you told me in the summer, I got to go and max out all my weights all the time. It, that might turn me off and turn some kids away from the weight room in the summer. Is there a, is there any sort of thought of, you know, that the work, that the workload when they get there, that the, the types of workouts are not going to be as strenuous in the summer? I think it depends on, you know, what, what sport you're talking in and what position you're talking about. You know, our offensive linemen, <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to want them to squat heavy and probably power clean heavy. Uh, you know, just so they can be more explosive and stronger lower body. Uh, some of your your skill athletes, uh, you know, you might not want that. As, you might not want them to lift as heavy. I think uh, you have to look at each, each individual kid and, and figure out just what their body needs. You know, I don't think uh, Coach Hopper and Coach Scheibe are going to have Anaya trying to max out her weight, you know, this summer to, to bulk up 20, 30 more pounds over the summer. Whereas Coach Shibe and a couple of linemen, you know, they might be trying to put, you know, add some muscle and weight. So yeah. just different, uh, different routines for different kids. For sure, uh, we got a few minutes. One thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, Labette County. They just had a uh, Sydney Meister win a, win a state title in the backstroke. Uh, good for Sydney Meister and the Labette County swim team. Uh, but one thing that was interesting about Parsons this year was you guys didn't get to have your swim programs uh, because the state hospital pool was closed due to COVID. I don't think anybody's going to say anybody with a sound mind and reason is going to say that was the wrong call on behalf of the state hospital. They, they serve a different community. Their priority is not the Parsons high school swim team. They have to protect their, their patients and their staff and their medical facilities. So they're going to take ex, they're taking extra precautions this whole time. And I think we were all understood that, but what is the future of the Parsons swim program right now? Are you hoping to get it back uh, for, you know, for the 2021, 22 school year? Uh, yeah, let's let me let me back up a little bit to to City Meister. I'd like to congratulate her. Uh, my daughter swam when she was back back when she was in school, and Sydney was a was a young swimmer. And with the uh, dolphins, yeah, she was winning. Then she was even winning then. So uh, we knew a state champion was probably going to happen there. And I saw her Friday at the meet in a walking boot, and I asked her, and she said uh, she had some plantar fasciitis. Uh, so she went from a walking boot to 
you know, win a state championship. So, so that's amazing. So I'd like to say congratulations to her again. Uh, don't like to compliment Labette County all that much because they're our rival, but I will, but I will say, uh, congratulations to her for that. That's a, uh, anytime you're a state championship, uh, hats off to you. Uh, right now, uh, talking to the state hospital, I think we're going to have the pool back. Uh, but right now we don't have a swim coach. Uh, Hope Smith mm. decided to resign over the, uh, over the pandemic year. Well, yeah. during the pandemic, she about the last uh, two weeks of school or two weeks ago, she put in a letter of resignation. So uh, we'll be looking for a swim coach. I think that's posted on our online to put your application in. Uh, preferably, we can get someone that would like to do the boys and girls so we don't have uh, yeah. two separate coaches. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, we have every intention of uh, opening that program back up. So hopefully that goes that goes well. Good deal. Well, uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Any, uh, any last words, uh, before you head up to the state track this week, coach? Uh, no, I just like to say I'm proud of all our, all our kids this year in, in school and in sports, uh, strange year, uh, they've worked, rough the kids year, worked harder, the kids long, worked harder. Yeah. This rough year, year long year, uh, playing a lot of games with, with very few people in attendance. Uh, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, you know, Grayson freeze, uh, I've kind of coached her in, in, in the hurdles specifically. My dad kind of coached her last year, so I kind of took that over this year. So uh, her qualifying the two hurdles was uh, really special for me. So I'd like to thank uh, thank her for that. There we go. That'll do it for the War Room here this week on KLKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Thank you to Rob Barkus. Thank you. Always, uh, always bails me out when I need a guest. Uh, always has an open door to come here anytime. Uh, that'll do it for the War Room this week here on Kale Casey Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Stay safe and get a shot.